In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Over the last few weeks, uh, there have been a lot of new relationships, which I celebrate and welcome. I've rekindled some old friendships and relationships returning to New York. But there's one relationship in particular that has ended. My long-standing close association with Manhattan Mini Storage is over. If you've been to the rectory, you understand why. (laughs) Perhaps like some of you, for many, many years in New York City, I had a small space I paid way too much for, and so thought of my Manhattan mini storage space as yet another closet, (laughs) a closet I would visit twice a year to switch out summer and winter clothes. You just added it to rent. (laughs) No longer. But I still like their advertising. I don't know if you notice their billboards, but some of them are outrageously funny. I remember especially a campaign some years ago that uh, had a few different versions, but each one would tend to have a photograph of something awful going on. One would show a tornado. One would show um, a person walking with a gas tank, uh, a gasoline can, down a road in the middle of nowhere, and you knew they'd run out of gas. Another one showed a car that had just hit a tree, and the person driving was standing there watching. And the caption in all of these said, bad things happen when you leave the city. Of course, the many storage people wanted everyone to stay put in Manhattan. If the more people who move to New Jersey and Connecticut, the less they need the services of a many storage company. But that idea of bad things happening in the wilderness is not a new idea. In fact, if you look at classical literature, the wilderness is the great unknown. It's where the barbarians are. They're always out there, sort of in New Jersey. (laughs) Not just New Jersey. But the wilderness represented everything unknown, everything that was scary, a place where one would get lost, a place where one would lose control. How strange, then, that today's scripture readings have to do with the word of God coming in the wilderness, coming from the wilderness. And so the wilderness is not kind of the dead zone, but instead it's the life-giving zone. It's the place from which the word of God comes. In our first reading from Malachi, God sends a messenger from outside to come in with good news. And the entrance of this one who comes might be rough and might be scary at first because, after all, he's coming from a wild place, a different perspective. But he comes as though bringing an offering for the temple, Malachi says. And it's an offering that will will fill the temple with a, a sweetness, like perfume, like music, like light. The canticle that we use today in place of the psalm, again, sums up the whole Advent message, really, that that God is sending one to show us what incarnation looks like. 
God sends us one who shows us what it looks like to fully live in the power and the love and the presence of God. That one is Christ, of course, and he brings light and calm even to the wildest of places. In the gospel, of course, highlighting John the Baptist, there's no mistaking that the word of God comes to and through John the Baptist, this wild man who wore loincloths and ate locusts and preached a fiery gospel of repentance. John seems to have kept one foot in the wilderness throughout his ministry, John's voice is the one crying in a wilderness that the prophets point to, saying that refrain we hear through the music all through today's service, prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist got his strength from the wilderness, as, as though a modern person might go into the wilderness for retreat, for, um, for new life, to go hiking, or just to admire the wildness. John the Baptist was like that. And he seems to have felt God's calling, especially when he was in the wild places. This word of John the Baptist is highlighted in the season of Advent, but it seems particularly relevant, I think, for those of us who struggle through faith in the 21st century, especially those who who try to live in spiritual cities, Cities like that talked about St. Augustine, who, who thought of the city of God not only as a physical place, but a spiritual place where there was order and calm and beauty. We seek such a place, and yet we know the wilderness, don't we? Sometimes we know the wilderness briefly, sometimes for years and years, and it seems like we'll never get out. Of course, every day is not Christmas. We know that. Every day is not filled with the sort of excitement and assurance that the Virgin Mary sings about when she knows that God is with her and will never leave. We usually don't have her faith. For too many, and certainly for many among our number and our families, the day-to-day experience of God is is less that of being near the manger within an arm's length of God's presence and much more like being at a long, long distance from God, stuck in the wilderness. One can find oneself in the wilderness almost anywhere. Certainly this week, as we see and read reports of yet another horrible shooting, we might feel like our whole country is in some sort of wilderness. There's no clear path ahead, it seems. The path out isn't exact. Politicians and other parties try to raise their volume in an attempt to prove their way out, but really we know there's no easy, clear solution. And so it's all the scarier. The holidays, too, can make us feel like we're stuck in the wilderness, in the midst of a party, when there's laughter and light all around, when everybody else seems to be enjoying themselves and getting the joke. And all of a sudden, we feel this emptiness. As Christmas approaches, travel doesn't get any cheaper. Time off is short, and we're asked to work and work and work, and the ones we love might live at some distance. 
And so you might feel like you're stuck in the wilderness, not able to be with those you most love. Maybe it's your health or the health of a loved one that helps you to feel like you don't feel like celebrating this year. You'd just rather be off and away somewhere. Who knows what gives us that feeling, that feeling of exile, of being in the wilderness. It could be the death of a friend or the anniversary of the death of a loved one or problems at work or problems in the world or relational problems, family dynamics, questions about God. All of that can make us feel alone. But it's especially at such times that today's gospel rings out, maybe faintly at first, But it comes, sure enough, prepare, prepare, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, because every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, the crooked straight, the rough smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All flesh, everybody, every one of us will see and know God's salvation, God's saving strength, God's saving love, God's saving mercy and redemption. There's amazing hope in this message that there is a way out, there is a way forward, and that way is filled with Christ. When I think about today's scripture readings and this Advent message on the second Sunday of this season, I remember a a visual image that is still strongly in my mind. There's a seminary in Baltimore, a Sulpician Order Seminary, St. Mary's Seminary and University. They have an ecumenical institute, and some years ago I took some classes there when I was at a church nearby in Maryland. And they have this amazing chapel that looks like it was sort of picked up out of Rome and dropped into Baltimore. This amazing classical chapel of marble and oak, this beautiful, beautiful space that's kind of intimidating and welcoming all at the same time. But I remember behind the altar, there was this enormous curtain, even bigger than this chasuble. Um, it It was sort of like the dorsal curtain there, but just gigantic. It was huge. It filled the whole space. And it was deep, deep, dark purple and sort of heavy cloth. And you could look at that curtain and and feel a kind of weight and heaviness. But just as it became almost too much, you'd notice a thin, thin, thin little line of blue in the midst of the purple. That blue was meant to be there for hope for hope in the season, for the faith of the Blessed Virgin Mary, blue like that first light in the morning, blue that takes us into the future with God. Whether we spend our time in the wilderness, or whether we're able to live in the city of God, May we know God's presence, especially this season, or know at least the hope of God's presence. And may we do what we can to prepare our hearts through repentance, through constant turning again and again toward God, so that we would know God's deep love for us and for the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.